there's a man by the name of Dallas Willard. He was a sage. And someone asked him, what is the key to spiritual maturity? How can I find myself healthy in my soul? And he gave a very clear and succinct answer. He says, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. He says, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. For anything God desires to do, he never does it in a rush. You can look out, you can look through the entirety of all four Gospels, and one thing we never seen Jesus do was rush. Even in the moment where one of his closest friends, Lazarus, was dying and even dead, after he got that news, he looked at his disciples and says, well, let's finish the ministry we have here, and then we'll go see about Lazarus. And they're looking like, what? Your friend is dying. And it says they journeyed there. It didn't say they rushed there. It didn't say they ran there. They journeyed there. He didn't even rush there because he understood that God was doing something, and whatever God does, he does it well. And so in the, this culture of grinding, I'm getting my, you're grinding, you're working, you're building, you're developing. It's like a notch on your belt to say, oh, I'm really busy right now. What do you got going on? Oh, I just, I'm so busy. I got so many things going on. But how many of us have taken time to ensure that your soul is well. Our souls were never built. God never designed our souls to go and move at this unhealthy pace. And when you finally slow down, your soul is trying to catch up. And it's trying to heal itself. Well, I want to say that in this week, this prayer week, I believe that God is healing the souls of every man and woman that is in this room. After this session, it's your seek time. It's your quiet time. I want you to just to allow your soul to catch up with your life. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the need for clarity. And this clarity, we are embracing clarity, is had in the vein or in the avenue where our souls began to see things as they are. I just want to ask a few questions before we get into our text. Have you ever been in a state of confusion? You didn't know whether you were coming or going? Have you ever found yourself in a season when you did not know what to do? God, what is your will for my life? God, where would you have me to go? God, what courses would you have me to take? God, what would you desire for me to pray in this season? We all have those questions. We all have those moments. We all have those seasons where it seems like, Confusion is the order of the day. 
And it doesn't help that many of us, and I say us, I include myself in this, and, and, and I include myself in this, many of us have culturally induced ADHD. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's where there are so many things that we've opened our souls to that when it's time for us to focus, we're everywhere. There's been times where I set my heart to pray. Next thing I know, my phone, a notification is going off on my phone. And I'm like, yes, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Okay. Yes, Father. Your mind is like, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an attention deficit. And it's not anything that may be innate. It's not any diagnosis. It's where we have given our attention. And I just want you to know that God is after your attention. God is literally vying for, he's competing for, he's in line waiting for your undivided attention. Let's go to the scriptures. There are a few scriptures I want to read today, but the first one, I want us to go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians, the first chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. This is the Apostle Paul, of course, writing to the church of Ephesus. And the passage, the, 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 the text right before the beginning of Ephesians, he's talking about spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And then he gets to this point where he's praying a prayer over the readers. He's praying a prayer over the church of Ephesus. And he prays something very specific. Let's read. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and your love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Here's the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. The Apostle Paul prays something very specific over the Ephesians. He prays, he doesn't just pray for spiritual blessing, but in this last portion of chapter 1, he prays that they would have their understanding opened. Verse 17, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Somebody say the spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, and the knowledge of him. Now, verse 18, he says, I want your eyes, the eyes of your hearts to be enlightened, that you may know. Somebody say that I may know. It is the will of the Father that you know. It is the will of God that you know his will for your life. Somebody say amen. It is God's will that you know his will for your life. I love the fact that the spirit of the almighty God lives on the inside of me. Anybody glad to have the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And one of the responsibilities of Holy Spirit is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And we know that truth embodied is Jesus himself. Jesus is truth. Amen. I'm not talking about your truth. I'm not talking about a truth. I'm talking about the truth. He made it clear. Somebody say he made it clear. We're talking about clarity. I want this season of your life to be marked with clarity. He says, I am, Jesus says, I am the way, not a way. The truth in the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. He says, I am the truth. So the Spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit, leads us into truth. It is his desire that we walk in full awareness of his will for our lives in this season. If we go to the Old Testament, one of the tribes of Israel, that they were the Issacharians, the tribe of Issachar. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. They were the tribe of Issachar, and one of the defining traits of Issachar were they were able to discern the time and the season. Now, many times, many of us would have stopped right there. I know what's going on. I know what the Spirit of God is saying. But they went one step further. It says they weren't only able to discern, but they knew what to do with the season. I believe and I prophesy that I'm standing before men and women that will discern the time and you would know what to do with it. Your life, you are in a very 
a pivotal season of your walk with the Lord. As you are here at Elam Bible School, at Elam Bible College, this is a season, this is an opportunity of building and development. And I love the fact that God is a master builder. He's not just building you, um, he's not just building you for anything random or anything vague. He's building you with specifics in mind. He says, I've got the blueprint for, my, for your soul, for your life, and I'm going to create, I'm going to build, I'm going to navigate you for this specific reason. And I love the fact that Holy Spirit does not allow me to walk in darkness, nor does he allow me to walk in ignorance. He says, if I am living and breathing on the inside of you, I'm going to lead you on this path of righteousness. What does the psalm says? He says, it says that his word is a lamp to my feet and light to my pathway. He keeps giving us all of these clear directives that he is making the way clear. I want to say this. You do not have to be obsessed with confusion. You don't have to be tied to confusion. It seems like in the culture we live in, the more confused you are, the more right you are. Come on, y'all. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. If you're all over the place, that's what I'm talking about. Just do, do whatever you want to do. Go ahead, and if you want to do A, B, and C, you're not doing enough. Do A through Z. You do not have to be bound to confusion, for the Lord is here to give us clarity. A lot of you have questions that you are seeking answers to. God is the one who gives us these answers. And this week will be a week of clarity and answers. So he says, I want the eyes of your hearts to be enlightened that you may know what is the hope in which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is his immeasurable greatness of the power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. So the first thing he prayed is that your eyes would be open, that you would know the hope that he has in you, for he, he has a hope in you. He has a purpose in you. He says, behold, be, uh, behold, for I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, to give you a future and a hope. So Paul is saying, I want you to be privy of this. I want you to be aware of this. Not only aware of this, but I want you to agree with it. After, after you have understanding, then you step into authority. After you have understanding, then you step into authority. How do I know this? Because after Paul prayed the prayer of understanding and clarity and that your eyes would be open and that you would know the hope that he has that's on the inside of you, verse 20 all the way down is speaking of authority. He says, so that, so that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ. In heavenly places. Let the church say amen. Where are you seated? You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
So Paul says Christ is seated uh, in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And then we see 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Let me pause right there. All of those names that his name is higher than, that includes confusion in every other stronghold. That includes sickness in every other stronghold. He says, now that you've come to a place of understanding and clarity, I know the will of God for my life. I am structuring my life for the will of God. I've come into the awareness of the why of my life. He's, he's given me the answer to why he made me. I'm now going to build my life in accordance to why he made me. And not only do I have to, not only am I going to build it, but I'm going to build it through the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seated you with Christ in heavenly places far above every power, every principality, everything. This name that is placed above every name. The last verse, I'm going to just give it, I'm not reading it, so I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. And he says, he placed everything else under your feet. A lot of the things that causes confusion in your life, the reason why it's causing confusion, because you're letting it ride your back instead of making sure it's under your feet. You let it inundate the stronghold of your mind, whatever that thing is, it should not be inundating your mind or your heart because he's given us authority and dominion over. He says, I've placed it under your feet. Somebody say clarity. This season of our lives are marked with clarity. Clarity is a precious gift that brings focus to our minds and hearts. It allows us to see through the distractions and the noise that surround us, enabling us to discern the path that aligns with God's will for our lives. I want you to understand this. Distractions will not stop. Some of you are waiting. I'm going to do the will of God when all of these, these distractions stop. When, when, when my family stops stop being crazy, I'll, then I'll focus. When, I, when, when, I, when I'm not going through this, then I'll focus. Let me tell you something. The majority of my Christian walk, I've, been, I've had to be obedient in the midst of distractions. Your distractions will not stop. Your focus just has to get stronger. Let me even say something else. Your focus just doesn't have to get stronger, but the one you focus on has to be clear. I hear Jesus talking to Mary, you know, the, the parable, um, the story about when Mary and Martha, when Jesus came to visit, uh, come in, came to visit the house, and, and, and who, which one was the one that sat at the feet of Jesus? Mary. Martha came and says, Jesus, why are you letting her, you see me running about, you see me working, I'm cooking, I'm serving, I'm doing all of these things, I'm trying to get everything together. She is a depiction of the culture, and even the church. We're trying to be everything. We're trying to do everything. We're trying to do all things instead of what God has called us to do. And Jesus' response is perfect. He says, she's chosen the necessary thing. This is what's necessary. What was she doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Yes, 
There was all this work that needed to be done, but she found herself sitting at the feet of Jesus. Yes, she has this to do, that to do, all of these other things to do. I got to check off my to-do list, but she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Will you choose the necessary thing to sit at the feet of Jesus? When we seek clarity, we invite God into our decision-making process. When we seek clarity, we invite God into our decision-making process, acknowledging his sovereignty over our lives and trusting him to lead us. We see in the book of James, we are reminded that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and will be given to us freely. That's what James 1 and 5 says. Our Heavenly Father desires for us to walk in clarity, understanding, and purpose. He longs to guide us along the right path to provide us with the insight we need to make wise choices and to navigate the complexities of life. There are certain things that bring clarity. I'm going to give you a few things that bring clarity. And you all are going to be inundated in all three of these things all week. One of the things that bring clarity, somebody say number one. I just want to make sure y'all awake. I'm going to go to the more practical thing first before I go to the, to the spiritual ones, but even this is spiritual. One thing that promotes clarity and it kills confusion in your life is a healthy circle, healthy friends, healthy associates. There's an old saying that birds of a feather flock together. And now, understanding that I don't expect my friends to be perfect because I'm not perfect. I don't expect my friends to always have it together because I don't always have it together. But what I do expect my, from my friends is accountability. Christ-centered accountability. If my bros got me locked in and they're like, ah, that's dope, Mel, or why did you do that? They're my accountability partners. They're not my prison buddies. You're saying they're your prayer partners, but they're bound by the same thing you're bound by. And when you say, hey, I just had a bondage moment, they're like, it's okay, bro. I understand. I've been there. Instead of saying, hey, you know the Lord has a plan and purpose for you. I get it, but let's come up higher. Look at your neighbor and say, let's come up higher. Oh, y'all don't want to say that to nobody, huh? It's okay, because even in that level of accountability, it causes you to come up higher. When God calls you to be accountable, to, to hold your circle accountable, it makes you come up higher. So beyond, we didn't even get to prayer, we didn't get to worship. One of the first things, very practical, because oftentimes after we leave these environments and we worship, we pray in the Spirit, we vow, we cry, we're slain in the Spirit, we get up and we go right back to that archaic circle. And everything you experience in the glory of the Lord is now being kind of almost reversed because you're hanging out with a, this chaos. I'm telling you, there's been times where there was chaos in my soul, and I got in the presence of my circle or my friends or my family or my amazing wife, and it just seems like peace settles in my heart. Why? Because they have a, they have a kingdom perspective. They have a perspective beyond the situation. They have a perspective beyond the moment. One of the things that will help promote clarity in your life is a healthy circle. 
Healthy does not mean perfect. Healthy means Christ-centered. Amen. The second thing that would promote clarity in your life is worship. Somebody say worship. There have been times in the presence of the Lord in corporate worship. I walk in and I'm burdened down. I have so many questions. I'm, there's war raging in my heart. And the moment I begin to worship with the body of Christ or worship in my secret place, it's like all of the war begins to cease. All of the questions begin to have answers. And I'm just worshiping God. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. In that moment, I'm exalting the name of Christ over everything I have going on in my life. And as I'm singing and as I'm worshiping, it seems like answers begin to get answered. I didn't even ask a question. I'm just worshiping. He says, yeah, I know, but you brought these questions, right? You brought these questions in with you. Anything in the presence of the Lord, he is able to address. He says, I am addressing every question you bring in the presence of the Lord. Worship has the ability to level set you. It gives you that proper perspective. Let me even say this. It doesn't just give you the proper perspective. It gives you the kingdom perspective. Have you ever experienced a time before you got to worship, it's just like, ah, man, like, I don't know why this is happening, or God, what am I going to do, or God, how is this going to happen? And you get into the presence of the Lord and worship, and it just seems like the dots are starting to connect. Understanding is starting to be had. Worship, worship has the ability to heighten your perspective. Some of our perspectives are way too low, but when we get into the presence of the Lord, he brings it right where it needs to be. He allows us to see things the way he sees them. Somebody say clarity. Before I give you the next one, does does anybody want clarity in their lives? I I want to emphasize this again. It is the will of God that you walk in clarity. It is the will of God that you know the next steps for your life. And let me give you this real simple word of wisdom. A lot of us are asking for the next five steps. He says, why don't you just worry about the next step? Don't overly encumber yourself with things that are so unnecessary. You don't have to worry about the next 10 years. How about we just handle this year? If you build this year according to the call of God on your life, the next 10 years will make sense. But he says, you don't even have to worry about all of that. Just handle the moment. Amen. That just spoke to me. I got to make sure I write that down. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's real. Because just like you, sometimes I forget that he's the one who takes care of tomorrow. And sometimes I can get overly inundated in my planning. I am not, I am naturally a type B. I am not, my wife is an extreme type A, and I'm extreme type B. I'm a go with the flow type of guy. I'm like, we'll see what happens. Let's, let's try it out and see what works in my life. My wife is like, hey, I appreciate that, but let's plan it out. Let's Get the schedule, let's get the budget, 
let's strategize, so on and so forth. Anybody, any type A's in the room? God bless you. God bless you. The world needs you. We are better because of you. Any type B's in the room? Party over here. The world is more fun because of you. (laughs) We need the organization and we need the fun. I said that to say that sometimes because I'm not naturally organized, sometimes I'll stress and I'll overly throw myself in things because I want to make sure I'm not dropping any balls, I'm not missing any details, you know, I'm, all the gaps are closed, and, and then I'll start to stress myself out, and God says, I appreciate, I'm just, I'm using you like a reason right here, I appreciate your desire to make sure everything is taken care of. That is actually a sign that you believe my word. The way you prepare speaks to your level of faith. Write that down. The way you prepare speaks to your faith. If you believe the word of God is true, if you believe the Lord has called you, you'll start to prepare for what he said. But if you don't, you're like, eh, we'll see. Your preparation speaks to your faith. Amen. Let me get back to what I was saying. None of that was in my notes. So my type B mind is trying to go back to where I left off. (laughs) Worship. Brings your perspective high. The next thing that brings clarity, the third thing, and we're going to worship, I'm going to do some ministry, is prayer. Any plans, any movement, anything that is built void of prayer, I said this last night, is almost destined to fail from the kingdom perspective. Prayer takes you out of your will. It gives you understanding of the will of God. And you're dying to yourself so that you can be, so that you can made, be made alive or live for the will of God. There is something about prayer. You cannot be prideful in prayer. You cannot be a showboat, you can't be a show-off, you can't be a know-it-all in prayer. Prayer will humble you. Somebody say, will humble you. And why, why is humility so important? Because it says, he draws close to the humble, and he resists the proud. Prayer is the space where you partner with the will of God. I said this last night, prayer is a technology that gives you the ability to communicate cross realms. And when you're praying, what you're doing is, as you're partnering with God and praying the perfect will of God, you're praying the kingdom will into this realm. You're praying the will of God out of the spiritual realm, and you're praying it into the natural. You're saying, okay, God, this is what your will is. This is, the pr- this is the plans that you have for me. This is the plans that you have for this ministry. This is the plans that you have for this region. Okay, God, I'm going to pray your perfect will, and you begin to see it come to pass. As you pray it, you'll begin to live it. As you pray it, you will begin to be conformed into the very image of Jesus. Hallelujah. Prayer also... Rewind. Prayer is the communication system of the kingdom. 
Prayer is the communication system of the kingdom. Whenever God wants to communicate anything into the earth, he'll do it through intercessors and prophets. When he wants his will to come from the kingdom element and come into the earth, he'll start to communicate it to those who have postured their hearts in the place of prayer. He'll begin to speak to his prophets, and they'll begin to declare, this is the will of God for this year, for this season, for your life. But one thing I love, the fact is, since I got the Holy Ghost, I don't necessarily have to be a prophet. But what I do have to be is an intercessor. What I, what I do, what I need to do, what is, what is imperative is that I have to have a prayer life that gives God room for his will to be made known. I don't know about you, but I want to know everything God has for my life. It's just like this. If I know I have, if I've won, I'm not a gambling man, so let me clarify that. I don't play the Powerball or any of that. Uh, But if I did, I would give a donation to Elon. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like me winning. $67 million. Would you be okay with them only giving you four? It's more than you had before. You can live real good off of $4 million. But why only settle for the $4 million when you know there's 67 stored up for you? That is what it's like when you don't know God's full will for your life. You're okay with a little bit. Well, at least I'm here at Elam. But how many of you know that Elam is just the start? I want to know, God, what is the will of, what is your will for my life? Remember, I said in prayer, when you're in prayer, you start to translate what's in the spiritual realm and it's brought down into the natural. I know that God has called me to be an apostolic reformer for the region, for Monroe County and Rochester. I know he's called me to build things and see people and raise them up in their kingdom assignment, to bring a ministry of intercession and revival in an urban context. I know that. So since I'm aware of that, I start to pray in that direction. I start to plan in that direction. My journals are full of meditations and scriptures and prayers and words of the Lord that takes me in that direction. And for some, don't let anybody make you feel that that, because you know why God made you, sometimes people will make you feel like you're being very arrogant, and I promise you I'm not. I I humble myself. When I I kneel this morning in prayer, and God says, that's a beautiful posture. He says, let your, he says, demonstrate that I am Lord of your life. When I kneel down, I'm saying, okay, God, I surrender, I submit. Many people are going to say, why do you know the details of your life? And they're going to make it feel like you, you shouldn't be knowing all of these details for you. Why are you living your life the way God called you to live it? Like, what? Why would I want to live it any other way? When you pray, especially when you pray in the Spirit, when you allow the Spirit to make intercession on your behalf, it says you pray the perfect will of God. Somebody say perfect will. I don't just want the good will. I don't just want the maybe will. I want the perfect will of God for my life. So in these moments of humbling myself and I'm praying in the Spirit and I'm allowing the Spirit of the Lord to pray through me, He's giving me access to the perfect will of God for my life. Somebody say amen. Amen. You should be reaching for the perfect will of God for your life. I, I believe this and I experience it often. I pray until it's no longer me praying. 
I'm praying in a way, and I'm praying. I'm going through all of my prayer points, and my prayer points are gone, and the Lord inspires me to pray something, and I don't know what else to pray. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead begins to pray through me, making intercession and praying the perfect will. This week, I challenge you to allow the Holy Ghost to pray through you. And I like how the scripture says when you pray in the spirit, it's, it's, it's a benefit to your soul. It's, it, it's like personal edification. But I believe this, and I've experienced it. You're going to be praying in the spirit, and the Lord is going to give you interpretation of what you're praying. He's not just going to give you interpretation about anybody else. He's going to give you interpretation about you. This is what you're praying. You're praying about this, about your life. You're praying about the next steps. You're praying about what I'm birthing in you. You're praying about why I created you. Prayer will bring so much clarity. Somebody say clarity. In my close, I want to say this again. Your distractions won't stop. Your focus just gets stronger. Can I get uh, some musicians to come on up? We saw Peter. Peter gets a lot of slack. He walked on water. He got out of the boat. He saw Jesus in the midst of the storm. He saw Jesus when? In the midst of the storm. He saw Jesus in the storm. And because he saw Jesus, he was able to focus on Jesus. He was able to step out of the place of comfort and safety. And he began to walk on what he should have sunk in. But the moment his attention went to the wind and the waves is the moment he began to sink. Was Jesus still there? Yes, he was still right there. But his focus, he got distracted. He got distracted. But even in his distraction, when he began to sink, Jesus was still there, and he reached down his hand and pulled him back up. I want to say your distractions are not stronger than your God. I found myself having moments of distraction, and it's like Jesus would pull me back. He's like, bro, you... Focus. Focus. I'm going to pray. And if you would like prayer, I want to pray for you this morning. And this is what's going to happen in this time of prayer and worship. God is removing the haze from over your mind. God is removing the confusion out of your heart. God is dealing with the war that is raging on the inside of you. And this is why he's doing it. Because he has a plan and a purpose for you. Some of us in this room, God is going to discipline you even in the midst of war. He's going to allow you to focus even while there's war going on in your heart. It's going to allow you to focus on him, even though the winds may be blowing and the waves may be crashing. It's still going to allow you to focus. And in that clarity and in that focus, we're getting ready to see the manifestation of his perfect will in our lives. While they're worshiping and they're playing, I just want you to have a moment of worship and just worship the Lord. And then I'm going to call you to the altar. We're going to lay hands and we're going to pray.
know you can stand into the altar. In this moment, the Father is bringing clarity to the hearts and the minds of all those who would posture themselves to hear the voice of our Father. As we worship, I thank you that clarity is being downloaded in our hearts. Thank you that the wind of your presence is blowing away the haze that is clouding our minds. Thank you right now that your presence is dealing with the confusion that have settled in many of our hearts. We thank you that your spirit is leading us and guiding us into all truth. Hallelujah. We thank you right now, Father, that the peace of God that passes all understanding that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We declare that we are walking in the perfect will of God for our lives. I thank you right now that the eyes of our understanding are opened and we know the hope that you have on the inside of us. And we thank you that the riches of your inheritance are in us through Christ Jesus. God, I thank you right now that this season of my life is marked with assurity. I thank you right now, God, that I know the why of my life. I know why you made me. I thank you right now, Father, for the anointing of the Lord. Thank you right now, Father, for your anointing. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. 
I thank you right now, Father, that things are coming into proper perspective. God, I thank you right now. Do something unusual. Do what only you can do. I understand why I am here. I thank you that I understand why you brought me to this moment, to this space. Thank you that you are preparing me for your glory. You are preparing me for your power. You are preparing me for your plans. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture tells us that if any two of you shall touch and agree on anything in earth that our Father in heaven we do, will do it. Just felt led of the Spirit to do this, whether you're dealing or whether you're standing. I want you to find one person near you, and I want you to begin to pray for them. This is what happens. As you begin to intercede for somebody, it's going to be like heaven. It's blowing clarity into your life. And I just keep saying, I've said it over and over, the haze and the fog is getting ready to dissipate. So, Father God, as we touch and agree with the person next to us, I got you. God, I thank you right now, Father, for the person whose hand I hold or whose shoulder I'm touching. I thank you right now, Father, that they, their life is in a season of pristine clarity. I thank you right now that we step into the place of understanding. I will not live a life of confusion. I will not live a life of doubt. But I believe your word is true for my life. And God, I thank you right now, Father, that you are yet your word, that you've spoken a word for me. Father, that not just for my life, but even those around me would be blessed because your word has been confirmed in me. God, I thank you right now. I will not fear and I will not fret, for I will stand on the promises of God. And God, I thank you right now that every question that she may have, I thank you right now that every problem she may be facing, that this is a week where you give her answers. I thank you right now, Father, that you give her the next step. I thank you that you give him the next step. And God, I thank you that we would have feet of faith, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. God, I thank you right now that as we pray, we pray the perfect will of heaven over their lives. I pray the perfect will of heaven over her life. Pray the perfect will of heaven over his life. I agree with her. I agree with him. Come on, as you agree, our Father in heaven is doing it. He says, if any two of you would touch and agree, I will do it. I agree with the perfect will of God for her life. In the name of Jesus, I say not one of your plans for her life would fall to the ground. Woo. And God, I thank you right now that this is a moment of encounter, that we would be encountered by your spirit. We would be encountered by your word. I thank you right now, Father, for the gifts of God. Let them be stirred up in the hand that I hold. I thank you right now, Father, for gifts of prophecy, gifts of words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I thank you right now, Father, for revelation and understanding. I thank you that the eyes of our hearts are open. 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We walk in understanding. We walk in clarity. I am not confused, but I walk in understanding. I thank you that I see your will for my life. I agree with your will for my life. Come on. I want you to say that I agree with your will for my life. As you show me your plans, I say yes. As you show me my next steps, I say yes. Father, I thank you for the plans that you have for them. It's to give them a future, to give them a hope. I thank you right now that your plans are perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your plans are perfect. Thank you that your plans are perfect. I thank you right now, Father, for your anointing, your power. I thank you right now that there is a grace of understanding on our lives. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let it rest on us. Let it rest in the name of Jesus. As even as we pray now, I thank you that confusion is being put to flight. 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 For I know the plans. Come on, that's your statement. I know the plans that God has for me. I thank you right now that I step into the perfect will of God for my life. I thank you right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.